When I moved back to Amherst, Nova Scotia after 15 years away, something had changed. Like many other towns, our local businesses and business people have been overwhelmed by large corporations and monopolies. This hurt the spirit of our communities. We lost our autonomy, our self-reliance, and our hope. So join me as I learn more about where we are now, how we got here, and what we can do to take back our communities. I'm Andrew Cameron, and Monopolies Killed My Hometown. Everyone, welcome back to Monopolies Killed My Hometown. Again, I'm your host, Andrew Cameron. And so today is episode number 29. And my original plan, like after last week, my plan was to go back to the price spreads report and look more at industry. But I want to do something different with today in this episode, just because I just find there's so much positive things happening. They're little things, but it's a, to me, it's a sign that political will is shifting on corporations and in Canada, the Competition Act. And I want to talk about these sorts of things. Because I guess we don't get to celebrate these things too often, so I want to make sure that I spend time and I do it. And that I talk about these things that have happened, and the wins, and where we go from here. So that's what I want to do with this episode. Right off the top, a big win in Canada, at least, was, you know, about... Two weeks ago, the Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister, announced that federal Liberals are going to introduce legislation in the House of Commons to amend the Competition Act. Specifically, the Liberals want to grant the Competition Bureau the ability to compel information to complete market studies. The Liberals want to eliminate the efficiencies defense, and they want to increase the Competition Bureau's ability to deal with companies collaborating to reduce competition. I mean, right off the bat, this is huge. The headline-grabbing part of this was the removal of the efficiencies defense. And I mean, it, and that's huge. That's a big win right there. There have been people fighting and campaigning against the efficiencies defense almost from the moment it was introduced. I'm so happy for them, the people that have been at that fight and talking about the efficiencies defense and the ridiculousness of it. I mean, one of the first episodes I did was on it because it's so ridiculous and just doesn't make sense. And I'm so glad to see that the liberals are moving forward to just eliminate it. I'll put a link to that episode down in the show notes. And so that was the headliner, but I'm more excited about, and I think longer term, this is going to be even more important, is that liberals want to give the Competition Bureau the ability to compel information from companies to complete market studies. You know, and I think like the last episode I did on the canning industry was really boiled down to me just saying market studies, market studies, market studies, market studies, market studies. And the ability to do market studies is a theme that has come up in so many of my different episodes. I'm excited that it may actually happen and happen soon. And I think this in the long term is the most impactful change because the Competition Bureau and our government can actually go out and start looking at and seeing what's happening in the industries. We know that, you know, 15 years ago, the grocery industry conspired to fix the price of bread. We know that only because, you know, Loblaws came forward and, you know, snitched on the rest of them, I guess. So that's the best way to put it. But what else is going on? And I know like, again, some of the first episodes I did were on the Peter C. Newman articles about the Combines investigators and how they would go out and they would be investigating things and they would find things. Like, I mean, I remember one of those articles, he talked about how one of the investigators showed up at a CEO's office and the CEO grabbed like an envelope of papers and threw it in the fire. 
you don't do that with stuff you're proud for people to see or you know that it's good for people to see. So I'm really looking forward to when this legislation gets passed and the Competition Bureau can go out and do the market studies. You know, I've come up with and I was thinking about, okay, this is my dream list of markets that I'd love for the Bureau to start looking at. And I mean, for me, one first groceries. At the retail level, the wholesale level, the primary producers, all of it. Vertical integration with the companies, horizontal integration, all of it. Basically, I, I want them to go out and do what the Price Spreads Commission did and look at everything. Yes, that investigation will take time, but let's just cut the Bureau a giant check and get at it. Because, I mean, like, looking at this really gets at the food affordability crisis we have right now. Second, building supplies. And I've talked about that again a few times, multiple times. And this is the same as the one up above. I'd look at the retail level, then I'd look at the wholesale level, and then I'd look at the primary producers and just see what's happening and see what's going on. Essentially, it's the same structure as uh, the grocery inquiry and the grocery inquest. So I think we cut the Competition Bureau an even bigger check and get at this report. I've done episodes on this before that I think concentration in the building supply industry can then drive up the cost of building new housing, maintaining existing housing, building new infrastructure, maintaining infrastructure, all of it. Addressing costs of raw materials and the cost of building can be a huge component of solving our housing affordability crisis right now. And when I sat down to think about this, I thought I had a third industry I'd love to look at, but I don't think I do. I mean, banking and telecom are obvious choices, but I think we all know what they're like and how bad they are. I think what I'd really love is for the Bureau to dig into serial roll-ups right? Like this is the roll-up of vet clinics, eye doctors, dentist's office, lawyer's office, all of them, usually by one firm, but usually it's with private equity money. And the U.S. is actually getting in this. I think I saw a case that the U.S. Uh, Federal Trade Commission is suing a firm that rolled up all the anesthesiologist clinics in the Texas and up the price. But anyways, I'd love our competition bureau to dig into this market because it's not as obvious as Rogers and Shaw merging, but I think it's just as harmful to us in our individual communities. So yeah, if there's anyone out there with a poll on what markets to start investigating or looking at, that's what I'd love to see and where I'd love to start. Back to the announcement. The Liberals bill in the Liberals announcement is fantastic. What a great, great starting point. Getting those done now is would be unbelievable. I mean, the Liberals still have to introduce the bill. It still has to go through committee. It still has to be voted on, right? And there's going to be opposition. Like, let's not pretend big business isn't coming out against this. Like that's coming, that's going to happen. But what I think I really find encouraging is the Liberals were going to introduce their legislation on Monday and the same day Jagmeet Singh, the leader of the federal NDP party, produced his own bill to amend the Competition Act. And previously, an MP in the Conservative Party of Canada also introduced a bill to amend the Competition Act. So there's a lot of competition in submitting and producing Competition Act amendments, right? And we know with competition, people competing, you get a better product and better results. So that's what I'm hoping. Because the bill that Jagmeet Singh and the NDP submitted is very, very similar to the suggestions that CAMP, the Canadian Anti-Monopoly Project, made when there were the calls for the submission on amending the Competition Act back in the spring. The bill that the NDP tabled calls again for market study powers for the Bureau. Great news. But the NDP goes even further. The NDP wants to put in structural presumptions against mergers in already concentrated markets. This amendment would have just prevented the Rogers and Shaw merger and the RBC-HSBC merger. Okay, I don't want to overstate it. Maybe it wouldn't have actually prevented the merger, but it 
Their goal was that it would shift the burden of proof to Rogers and Shaw and RBC HSBC to prove that their merger would not be anti-competitive. Instead of the Competition Bureau having to step up and, you know, like the tribunal said, Commissioner Boswell acted unreasonably and blah, 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 blah. Right? We wouldn't have to prove that this merger could, in theory, be anti-competitive. The merging parties would have to prove that it won't be. And that's huge. That's so different in such a monumental change right off the bat. And before anybody starts complaining about unintended consequences, you know, Keldon said once, let's stop worrying about the unintended consequences of changing these laws and let's start thinking about the intended consequences of the Competition Act that we have right now, which is to allow oligopolies, allow monopolies, and allow these big firms. Because the Competition Act isn't preventing Rogers from taking Shaw's market share, right? The NDP don't want to prevent that. What they want to do is they want to make it that if Rogers wants Shaw's market share, then Rogers has to go out, innovate, provide better customer service, provide better products, provide better service, and compete against Shaw and go out and take the market share from Shaw, not just buy them. Because, I mean, let's be honest, it's so much easier for Rogers to just buy Shaw than it would be for Rogers to go out and start competing with Shaw to take, you know, wireless customers and cable TV customers and phone customers. That requires so much effort and time. Merging just really requires money. Like, that's it. So finally, the third big thing that the NDP want in their bill is they want to expand the abuse of dominance provisions so that the Bureau can better deal with abusive tactics by dominant companies. Which again, at this point, we're really only going to be able to find out through market studies, or I suppose if smaller companies start, you know, making more complaints. And this ties in again, like I said, the abuse of dominance and the market studies, because I mean, like, you know, I've never seen an episode of Law and Order where at the beginning, there's a crime committed in the opening, and then five minutes into the episodes, the police show up, knock on the doors and go, oh, there was a murder. Did you commit it? And the person goes, yeah, yeah, I committed it. Boom end of the episode, then it's not 50 minutes or 55 minutes of the police and the lawyer sitting around, right? Like if there's crimes going on, if there's things happening, people who are doing it are going to try to hide them. So again, one, that's where the market studies power and the market investigations come in. And then the ability to actually do something about it, which is expanding the abuse of dominance provisions. So that's the liberals, that's the NDP. And so Conservative Party of Canada uh, Member of Parliament Ryan Williams has tabled a bill to remove the efficiencies defense. So really, we have all three federal parties right now realizing the importance of strengthening the Competition Act. And so what I'm really hoping is that we, all the people, that we can really keep the pressure on the NDP and the Conservatives for them to continue putting pressure on the Liberal government to bring even more robust changes to the Competition Act. Right. And I look at this, this may be a situation that a coalition government is actually going to let us improve the bills. So let's keep the pressure on all the parties. Do you want more anti-monopoly news while you're waiting for me to record the next episode? Sign up for the Canadian Anti-Monopoly Project newsletter at antimonopoly.ca slash newsletter. Another positive and I'll put a link to this below, but the ISED department has released their summary of all the submissions they heard from their consultation on the Competition Act performance from the spring. The camp team is working on a deeper dive through this document, but I read it over the weekend and there's some great things that I just, I really want to point out and I think celebrate it because first, ISED received 130 submissions from identified stakeholder groups and ISED received 400 submissions from individual members of the public. 
400 individuals making submissions seems like a huge number. So great work to everyone who submitted it, right? That was our opportunity to tell the government what we want to see and how important this actually is. I don't know what typical rates are, but I, I've got to say 400 people submitting to this is huge. And if you're a politician or the government, you have to see that and go, okay, this is important to Canadians and to the Canadian public. Again, back to the competition and improving results. Now that like you see the polling numbers for the Liberal Party dropping and the Conservative Party going up and the NDP going down, like we're getting more competition in, in our elections. So hopefully we can actually get more of what we want and get more done in the Competition Act reforms. So out of the 130 submissions from stakeholders, about nine of them are academic experts. Nine, again, were law practitioners. So I assume they're probably the nine largest competition law firms in the country. About 23 were labor unions, consumer groups, and public interest organizations. 69 were businesses and business groups. Six submissions were government entities, and about 13 were unclassified or classified as other groups. One thing that I found very, very, very interesting is when they put together this report, which I assume was a whole lot of work and, and congrats and kudos to the ISED staffers and all the staffers that were working on this. I think you did a wonderful job pulling all this together. So they let off the report with the review of the submissions by the general public. Then they went to the review of the submissions by the stakeholders. And so for me, I find the general public comments much more interesting. The report leads off with talking about the submissions from the general public with this quote. Individual members of the public generally raised what participants largely considered to be the ineffectiveness of the act in preventing corporate monopolies and oligopolies, leading to challenges for Canadians such as higher costs, reduced choice, decreased innovation, and increased political power for large corporations. End quote. That's how their report led off. And there's 400 people, and that's generally most people are saying that. That's a huge sign for the governments of this is something important that they should act on. Moving on from that, many people think that the act and enforcement of the act needs to be reworked to prevent the consolidation in the Canadian economy. Again, huge. That's a great message to deliver to the government. So in the stakeholder section, there's a lot of debate on different ideas and sections that the um, ISAG consulted on, right? And so typically in these disagreements, the disagreements fall along the following lines that they described in the report. Quote, the divide most visible between larger businesses and civil society groups. So big business versus the rest of us. Or in another section, when they were talking about comments on merger reviews, quote, The desire was to put greater emphasis on the broader public interest before the narrower private interests of merging parties. Continuing, Above all, these views were held by consumer groups, civil society, most academics, as well as several sectoral business associations. End quote. New quote. On the other hand, a second perspective, held mostly by cross-sectoral businesses, associations, and legal practitioners. Right. So basically I read this as the second perspective is to maintain the status quo or as it comes up many times in the sport, quote, preserving certainty and compliance and predictability in doing business, end quote. And so what I liked about this is that when they're writing this report, they didn't shy away from the divide between basically, like said, consumer groups, civil society, most academics, sectoral business associations, and larger businesses and the law community. And I'm glad to see that there was such a divide in the submissions and going through it, this is a theme that plays out in all the different sections. You know, there's one side, the side that, I mean, if you're listening to this, you know, I'm partial to that saying, you know what government, we want nice things again. And the other side saying, eh, leave it all alone. This works for us. 
I mean, that's how I'd summarize the conclusion made based on these responses. I mean, I can keep going into this report, but I'll put a link to it. If you want to take a read through it. And then again, like sign up for the camp newsletter, following with camp and watch for more of a deep dive into this. So those were two big things that happened in Canada, but there's a lot of other very good news in the anti-monopoly world. I think our governments are starting to remember that they can govern for individuals and people again. You know, I see us, we're moving out of that nudge era. You know, like if we just design this form perfectly, people will act how we want. Like we're getting out of that stuff. Instead, I see the governments are starting to take action again and they're starting to flex their muscles. And when you start using a muscle again, it is hard, right? Like anybody going back to the gym or going back to play a sport or anything after a long time out of the game, you know, your muscles get sore the day after, you know, they don't do exactly what you want. And so when I say this is I don't agree with some of the actions and decisions that the government's made or is making, but I also see signs that the government really starting to break free from the hold of the corporate interests and beholden to whatever the corporate interests want. Starting to, we're not out of that and it's going to be a long, hard slog and the corporate interests are really going to start fighting back soon, but there's sort of an undercurtain and I'm glad and I'm pleased with what I'm seeing. Some of the things, you know, that I've seen is again, in, when uh, Prime Minister Trudeau made the announcement about the Competition Act changes, he also called the CEOs of the five largest grocers into parliament to meet with, I said, Minister Champagne and told them to come up with a plan to stabilize grocery prices. And they have until our Canadian Thanksgiving to come up with this plan. And I mean, is that perp walk really anything more than political theater? No, but political theater works, you know, and so are the CEOs of the grocery stores chains actually going to do anything to stabilize or reduce prices? Probably not. But I mean, I have two thoughts of this. First is when I heard about it, I read this meeting as a warning to the CEOs. It's like when I say to my daughter and her friends, don't make me come down there, right? The implication is, you know, if you don't fix it or stop what you're doing, I'm going to fix it for you and you're not going to like it. I just really hope that Prime Minister Trudeau and the federal government is better following through with those threats than me because I am horrible at it and my daughter knows it. The other thing is I really think that Trudeau and his team has put the grocers and the grocery CEOs in a real bind. I mean, they either act together to fix the prices of groceries or they don't. And if they don't, then they're the villain that the, you know, the liberals can run against in the next elections. And if they do fix the prices of groceries and bring them down, they've proven that they can do it and that the industry is too concentrated. We already know, like I said, they conspired to raise the prices of bread 15 years ago. We know they can do it. Now they're showing again that they can do it to lower the prices if they want. And so if they can do it to lower the prices if they want, who's saying why they couldn't raise them if they wanted to? So again, it proves, to me, it just proves the point that the industry is too concentrated if you can bring the five of them together to fix prices there. The grocery CEOs are kind of in a stuck spot, but never count them out. Other news, the new iPhone 15 is going to charge with USB-C because the EU passed a law mandating it. Fantastic. You know what I mean? That would be worth upgrading for. So Bill C-18, which is the online news bill in Canada, I'm glad to see like our government isn't folding to Facebook and Google's threats. You know, I don't know enough about the bill and I don't know if it's good or not. I hear some people pointing out all the problems. I, I don't know. All I know is that large corporations choosing if they're going to follow a law or not is a problem. And Facebook and Google are just, they're showing that. They're going, eh, no, you know what? We don't really want to follow that law. That's a problem. 
The other one, there's a lot of labor unrest right now, you know, and historically labor unions have been a bulwark against rising corporate power. One of the first things Reagan did in the 1980s was break the air traffic controllers union. What we're seeing now is, I mean, Unifor reached an agreement with Ford to avoid a strike in Canada. The Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild are on strike and been on strike for a while. They may have reached a tentative deal. United Auto Workers of the World, UAW, is that what it's called? They may be going on strike against all three major car manufacturers. Like there's a lot of labor unrest happening now too. As well, there's an actual antitrust trial against Google happening right now. And it hinges on the anti-competitive nature of Google paying Apple about $18 billion a year to be the default search engine on iPhones. It's early in the trial and the judge is caving to Google's demand for privacy. So we can't really know exactly what's happening or what's going on. So who knows how this one's going to go. There are more antitrust trials against Google coming. Uh, I saw last week the American FTC is planning to file an antitrust lawsuit against Amazon soon. In fact, it may have actually happened by the time this episode is posted. And so the Amazon antitrust lawsuit is centered around Amazon's use of Prime and their ability to force higher prices on other sellers and third-party sellers. Again, speaking of Amazon, Stacey Mitchell with the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. They're reporting now that Amazon is taking 45% of all revenue from third-party sellers on their platform. And this was up from 35% in 2020 and 19% in 2014. But even more shocking in this new report is that the revenue from third-party sellers now exceeds Amazon's total costs to run their warehousing and logistics. That's for both Amazon products and third-party sellers. So basically, Amazon has extracted enough revenue out of their third-party sellers that they have no costs to warehouse or ship their own products, which is a huge profit margin for them and gives them such an ability to undercut everyone and anyone else on any prices or on any products if so desired. So those are some of the big things that I see in there kind of happening. There's a lot of good things going on and good things happening now. You know, we're probably just minutes into the game. Like we're not even at the end of the first period. This is early. There's a lot that can happen and there's a lot that still will happen. Some good, some bad, some neutral, but there's still a lot of things that are gonna happen. If you're enjoying the show, please like, follow in your favorite podcast app, tell your friends. Uh, if you want to know more about what's happening and get more involved in the anti-monopoly movement in Canada, sign up for the weekly newsletter at antimonopoly.ca. Pay attention. Beyond that, talk to your friends, talk to your family, look for these things, share these ideas, talk to your MPs, talk to your MLAs, talk to everybody. And part of celebrating the wins and celebrating this is to remind us that it is possible for us to fight back. It is possible for us to take back some of the control, take back some of the power. And we're starting. And that's important to remember. We're starting. And we have to keep the ball going and we have to keep the momentum moving forward. So take care, everybody. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Companies. Main Street is struggling. Monopolies killed my hometown.